Hey everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome back to Teachable Tuesday or welcome for the first time. I hope if this is your first time uh, that you understand, that you know in the depths of your heart that God wants you right here. He wants you to hear this message. I am talking to you and he brought you here for a reason. Uh, this is Teachable Tuesday where we discover God's heart and his word and apply it to our lives every single week. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, we give you thanks. We praise you. We love you. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to prepare our hearts to receive this word, your word. Uh, give us fresh hearing, God, new ears, that we could hear uh, for the first time in a deeper way, this good news of your love, of your salvation. Jesus, we trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, I went to Mass this morning. Just so grateful to God uh, for my life and especially grateful for the gift of the church that God became man in Jesus. He came to save us so that he abides with us in the Eucharist, that I can consume him. Really, guys, the list goes on and on. Just a ton of gratitude this morning on my birthday. So I wanted to go and receive the Lord and have a little bit of time with him. And I uh, realized, I remembered, that after Mass this morning, they were having Eucharistic adoration. Right after Mass, all day long. Oh, a gift just for me as the Lord does, you know? And so I, I went in and, and I knelt down and I prayed and I was feeling a little distracted. You know, this is after mass before I need to get to work. Kind of a lot of things are already rolling in my mind. But as I knelt there and I was trying to bring myself into like a proper prayer position, right? Trying my best to quiet my heart. I looked at Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and I felt this overwhelmingly intense gaze upon me that he was looking at me it was almost like what i imagine like a tractor beam <laughs> like where you're like pulled in it was so intense it was so tangible and i realized i had been trying to figure out how to pray i had been trying to remind myself to look at the lord i was trying to muster up all of my love and affection and devotion for jesus and give it to him in the eucharist but when i when i finally looked at him by his grace in that moment i felt that he was already looking at me and friends that's not a that's not a one-time deal <laughs> that's not something special for my birthday that's the daily reality of life with Christ, life alive on planet Earth. If you're alive and breathing, you are loved and chosen and wanted by God. He sent his only son for you. He wants a relationship with you. He's pouring out his love for you every moment of every day. And, and by God's grace, I just caught a glimpse of that for a moment this morning in adoration. And I remembered, oh, right, God loves me. God loves me. He's actively involved in my life. He's always looking at me. He's real 
and his love makes a difference and I matter to him. I remembered all of the things that I so quickly forget. I, I remembered the good news of the gospel, the promise of the unfailing, never-ending, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. And I experienced it pouring forth like a, a ray of light for me, toward me, this morning, and I wonder if maybe you need that reminder too, that God is already looking at you, that he loves you, that he sees you, that you're important to him, that he knows every detail about your life just as he knows every hair on, on your head. That's, that's Jesus. That's the God we're talking about here, God who is love. And maybe you're thinking, I don't know, that's, that's nice, Beth, but that's not for me. <laughs> I'm too far gone. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. Maybe you're thinking, it's too late for me. I, I haven't really been in this very long. I'm not formed enough. I look around and it seems like everybody knows more. Everybody's further along. Maybe you're even thinking, I'm getting up there in years and I've wasted my life. I, there's some regret there. You're wondering, can I still have a, a powerful, a meaningful, a fruitful life, even here, even now? Maybe you're thinking, I, I'm too far gone. I'm too far gone. But I'm here to tell you today that God is looking right at you today. He's saying it's not too late. You haven't done too much. There is no too far gone. There is only God who is love and he's looking at you. Sometimes we have to preach to ourselves, right? I, in fact, I, I want you to do that right now. I want you to get in that habit of preaching to yourself, encouraging yourself, building yourself up in the Lord because there's not always someone to speak a word into your life. Well. Let me correct, there is this word, which will always speak into your life, but don't we always want someone to come along and understand and give us a word? Well, I, let me give you that word right now. That is that you can preach to yourself. You can build yourself up in love. You can be firmly rooted, established in the truth that God is love and that you are loved. So actually, I want you to say that. After me, God is love. And now say, I am loved. One more time, because I suspect somebody was like, I don't, I don't know. That's, uh, she's not talking about me. She's not talking to me. I see you. <laughs> I know. If you didn't say that, I, I want to give you another chance to declare that truth in your life today. God is love. Remind yourself of that. Agree with the scripture. Uh, agree with 1 John, God is love. Say that. God is love. And I am loved. And I am loved. I want you uh, to have that truth written on your heart. I want you to have that, that truth written deep down in your soul that God is love and that you are loved no matter what happens. And, and I wanna look to the, uh, to the church here for a moment to be confirmed in what we're talking about today. This is at the very beginning uh, of the catechism. 
Guys, I have to put in my password. That's so annoying. It wasn't doing that before. <laughs> uh, this comes uh, from the Catechism right at the very end of the prologue. So page one of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is paragraph 25. The whole concern of doctrine and its teaching must be directed to the love that never ends. Whether something is proposed for belief, for hope, or for action, the love of our Lord must always be made accessible so that anyone can see that all the works of perfect Christian virtue spring from love and have no other objective than to arrive at love. That's what it's all about. Love. The God who is love, the God who is love, loves us. You are loved. I am loved. This is what it's all about. This is, is why we believe, because we have been received into the family of God. We have been adopted in love. Everything we talk about here on Teachable Tuesday, all that we do here at Blessed Is She, everything the church is doing. The reason God gave us the church is to reveal this perfect, unbelievable, never-ending, profound love of God. Everything about our lives is directed toward love. We're drawn to this love. The objective of this talk is love. It's so easy to forget, isn't it? We're not alone in that. Today we're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And uh, if I'm honest with you, this is a favorite of mine. I have spent many a holy hours uh, relating to the disciples, crying out to the Lord, throwing a little fit, if you will. And I want to read um, more than just a verse today. I want to invite you into the gospel, into this Scene. You know, St. Ignatius, he really taught uh, Ignatian contemplation or composition of place that when we read the gospel, we can actually enter into it imaginatively. We can be there. We can see it happening. We can see the face of Jesus. We can hear his voice. We can receive the same grace, the same miracles that he's giving in his word are somehow alive for us because the word of God is living and active. So uh, the Gospel of Mark chapter 4. You know what? You don't have to read along. If you want, you can just close your eyes and imagine yourself there with the disciples. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was other boats were with him. A great gale arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was there, in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? The love that I feel from the heart of Jesus, the compassion 
pouring from his sacred heart in this scripture is for you and for me. That in our own storms, in those hopeless situations, those circumstances where we feel like we're drowning, the God of love is there in our boat with us. To our human eye, it might seem like he's asleep, like he's unaware, but he sees the storm. Those elements are under his control, not just the natural elements of that storm on the sea, but the elements of your life are under his authority. If you belong to Jesus, you are under his authority. You can trust his authority. And deeper than that, you can trust his love. You can trust his love. The storm might seem out of control. You might be wondering, does God see this situation? He's let it go on for a long time. The boat is already becoming swamped. And if we come all the way down to the bottom of that fear, that anger, that sadness, I wonder if the question that we're all asking is, does God love me? Does he love me enough to intervene? Does he love me enough to save me? Does he love me enough to save the people I love? Does he love me enough to do something? And the answer is yes. He is the something. He, he, his presence being there in the boat is the only thing you need. So we come back again and again to this reality of love. Even in the midst of the storms of our lives, we come back to love. Now, I think we can relate more to the disciples than we probably recognize. We have to kind of strip away the exterior things, right? Many of us, most of us, are not fishermen by trade, right? So we have to kind of strip away all of those details and I, I want to point out for you two ways that you might uh, relate, you might be experiencing what the disciples did. You might be acting in the way the disciples did. You might be tempted in the way the disciples were. And that is distraction and discouragement. In the boat, as, as the gale arose and the wind and the waves are swamping them, they're being physically assaulted and their interior disposition is all out of whack. They're afraid. They're afraid and they're, they're distracted by what's happening outside and they're letting that change, that inner posture of trust. They're forgetting the love that Jesus has shown them. They're, they're forgetting the power that he's exhibited, the authority he's already shown in miracles. And I wonder if Maybe you need to be reminded of that too. Maybe you need to be given permission to go back and to see the ways that, that God has quieted the storms in your life. The way that God has saved you before. Not to be distracted by the here and the now, what feels so urgent and important, but to come back to Jesus. Sleep in the stern in total control, at perfect peace, resting, and lie down in the boat with him. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm good at it. In fact, I feel like I'm maybe the opposite. When I am feeling worked up, agitated, 
kind of um, stressed about the storms in my life, I, I run to distraction. If I'm not distracted by the problem itself, I'll distract myself to distract myself from the problem. And oftentimes that looks a little bit like this. That's how I'll, I'll distract myself. And uh, I realize the irony of this illustration I'm about to use, so I wanna say that up front, but uh, Kelsey and I tend to send each other reels on Instagram, like everybody, I think. Just funny things we see, <laughs> little videos, and Kelsey sent me this reel the other night of a young guy, a Christian, right? And uh, the text just says, uh, every believer, uh, instead of praying, reading scripture, spending time with the Lord. And he's just, he's just laying on the couch. He's scrolling on his phone. He's sleeping. He's napping. It's hysterical. And then <laughs> the next little slide, this is horrible for me to try to explain these reels. I'm showing my age here. But <laughs> the next little video, he's just doing a little dance. He is just loving life. And this, my friends, this is what the flesh does when we avoid prayer, when we don't go to Jesus, when, when we actually seek out distraction from the storms of life instead of turning to Jesus, if we're not trying to solve it ourselves, we're trying to distract ourselves from it. And so many times I turn to my phone all day long. I think I can't wait to talk to the Lord about that. I wanna pray about that thing. And then I'm tired. And so I, I just end up scrolling. I end up distracting myself. And I don't want you uh, to be distracted from the one thing, the one person who can still the storm in your life. Let's talk to you about discouragement because this can be a real obstacle and it can feel insurmountable. Uh, Jesus speaks about this in the diary of St. Faustina. He says to St. Faustina, Hang tight as I put in my code again. Lord Jesus, be my strength. He says, my child, know that the greatest obstacles to holiness are discouragement and exaggerated anxiety. This is what the enemy does in a storm. When we don't have our wits about us, when it seems like everything is falling down around us and we don't perceive God's gaze, looking upon us. We don't feel his love. We've tried all of our solutions in our, our human strength and nothing's working. We become discouraged. But this is a tool, this is a tactic of the enemy to get us to go inward, to turn away from Jesus Christ, to reject faith, and to become discouraged. He too will kind of rile us up that exaggerated anxiety Jesus is talking about. Have you experienced that in the middle of a storm? But we have to come back to love, preach to ourselves, God is love and I am loved. God is love and I am love. I am loved. I had an experience of this um, last week. I was just driving home and I kind of felt that heaviness, right? Sometimes I'll go back through my day like, what happened? Like what, what came over me? When did I start to feel this? kind of dark cloud over my head. And in that moment, I made a choice. I, I turned on the radio and I put on a worship song uh, that really I connect with. And I, I began to declare God's word. I, I began to preach to myself all of the things that I know to be true. I will bring praise 
I will bring praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice. I will declare. God is my victory and he is here. Even saying that to you right now, I have chills from head to toe. We've got to preach to ourselves. So I want to encourage you when you're feeling that discouragement, when you're feeling hopeless, when you think I'm too far gone, God doesn't see me. God doesn't care. This has been going on for years. Where is that salvation Beth is talking about? I want you to agree with scripture. I want you to begin to declare. I want you to move in the opposite spirit. If the enemy is discouraging you, I want you to encourage yourself. Push back. Fight. Persevere. You can do that with worship. With scripture, I would highly recommend the Desert Song by Hillsong. That's what has really been buoying up my hope and encouraging me. And so, friends, at the end of this very long Teachable mm -hmm. Tuesday, I want to leave you with one thing. One thing. And I'm asking you, uh, from the depths of my heart, for my birthday, <laughs> would you go and visit Jesus in Eucharistic Adoration? Would you go and behold the face of perfect love who loved you and chose you before the foundation of the world? And would you receive that look of love? Would you let yourself be loved by the God who is love? Put away distractions. Give him that discouragement that has been weighing on you. Just hand it to him and then sit in his gaze. Stay there. Listen. Wait. You might have to keep setting aside those distractions. You might have to keep surrendering that discouragement, but stay in the gaze. Look upon his holy face in the Eucharist and let yourself be loved. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us. Even if we don't feel loved, we declare that right now. We are loved, so thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for looking at us. Thank you that you don't miss a thing, Lord. You see every detail of our lives. You care about everything that's important to us because you care about us. God, I, I ask you to send your Holy Spirit to move hearts, to direct cars, to change plans today, God, that each and every person here today would go before your Eucharistic face, would receive that perfect love pouring forth from you in the Holy Eucharist. I pray that lives would be changed in your presence as they always are. And I thank you for the miracles that your love is going to work in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. We love you too. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you, friends. See you in the Eucharist, bye.